Hello and welcome to the Green Sheets podcast, a conversation about intellectual property focused on what matters most to innovators right now. We discuss managing, monetizing and protecting IP in the context of what's happening now in industry, IP law and beyond. I'm your host, Charlie Leslie, and I'm part of the IP team here at Apple Yard Lees. Today, we welcome back patent attorneys and Apple Yard Lees partners, Richard Bray, a physicist, and Adam Tyndall, an engineer. Adam and Richard look back at the first episode of the Green Shoots podcast recorded in April 2020. They reflect on some of the observations made then in the context of how the impact of the pandemic has affected their clients, IP and the wider technology landscape seven months on. So Adam and Richard, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Charlie. So it's been seven months since the beginning of this podcast, and I just wanted to reflect on how things have changed. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, looking back, that was quite a... I guess a broad question and some broad thinking involved with that. But yeah, I think that um, things have moved on in those six, seven months. I very much think that perhaps as expected, this mess has really impacted some clients' plans. But I think surprisingly, and I'm sure Adam will jump in in a second, that some clients seem to have carried on as if without being flippant, nothing's happened. What, what have you seen, Adam? Some clients I haven't heard from for a long time, but that's not uncommon. Sometimes people just go quiet. Others have, it seems to have been a, a period of really focusing down on what was important. So I've I've not seen anyone want to delay doing anything, but I have seen them really thinking about checking what was important to do. And I've noticed that clients have been looking for efficiencies have just it's almost distilled their thinking in terms of that this is a time to get it right that the businesses are still running they're still coming up with ideas they know that it's going to be difficult in the next few years so they really want to protect their ideas and, and they absolutely want to get it right well i think six seven months ago as i said to pretty much everyone i speak to in that in that, in that period I honestly didn't think we'd be here now in this place in this time. And I think that the idea of pressing pause to me seemed to be a sort of few months of pause or a few months of change and not what looks to be a year plus. And for, for better or for worse, I mean, I think that the patent office has tried to help with bringing about extensions to deadlines or free extensions and, and things like that. And, and they certainly helped. I mean, especially some small clients, they certainly took advantage of that, took stock and then carried on. Other clients... And I obviously can't name them or shouldn't name them. Their industry disappeared, absolutely disappeared overnight, relatively speaking. And they just said, look, there's no point carrying on because our industry no longer exists, or at least in the next year or two. And that's really sad. I mean, that's, that's you, know, you can look at it from a patent angle, but that is what the news is reporting. And obviously, we see impacts of that in, in, in the patent profession. On the other hand, I know clients of mine and clients of colleagues, they, to use maybe a sporting analogy, that they sort of rode the tackle in the, in the first few months and they took stock of what was going on, reassessed, maybe sorted out some working from home for some colleagues and, and employees, and they've carried on. And it seems as though, again, they've carried on in a way which is relatively unimpacted by this. And, and even, to some extent, and we might touch on this later, they're more efficient. Some of the, some clients have said to me they're far more efficient in this world than they were before in terms of meetings, in terms of getting things done, in terms of not being interrupted. Again, some of those are controversial in terms of maybe you're not seeing your colleagues as much or your, your friends. There are negatives to that. But I think on the work front, there are certainly some positives that have filtered through to the work I see from clients. Absolutely. I think it's challenged 
people to think about how they actually work together in the workplace as well and whether design teams working together that was before they were all in the same room talking about stuff and they just took that for granted and then suddenly they weren't for months in the same place and they were having to really intellectualize and distill out well how do we do this so even though they now might be back in the office a bit more seem to have a more focused approach to collaboration and that spills over into how they want to work with us as well and it's actually in some ways it's brought people together because we're you know realize we're all we're all just trying to succeed and 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 help each other you know despite things being quite terrible and quite awful there are some positives insofar as that it's kind of brought people together i think so as well i think the technology's helped people collaborate far more easily in in, in certain circumstances I, i think this pandemic has made people think about that more so than probably ever anyone ever expected especially like a year ago where you know who'd have been using teams and zoom for collaborations about inventions you'd have gone on site wouldn't you or met gone on a train somewhere thinking back to the questions we were asking and answering seven months ago we touched on some of the negative things we foresaw about this and i guess being unable to travel or collaborate and i think one of them is is probably securing funding we, we, we touched on things around uh, startups and spin outs and small companies looking to go on to the next stage or continue on their journey so to speak and i think for those guys it, it perhaps has been harder to make those connections or strengthen those connections in a more traditional sense you know getting on a plane and flying somewhere you just can't do that so whereas maybe the patent system has been helpful in adopting and changing the setting of deadlines and things like that and being flexible with extensions to help applicants, help proprietors, things like that. The world hasn't really allowed that to happen yet on the sort of practical side. So yeah, um, I think we were not too far off the mark in in terms of things being a bit more stable now in terms of how things would play out patent-wise and IP-wise and protection-wise. But I still think we're in an uncertain world in terms of what's going to happen for the next six months in terms of travel and things like that. So, Richard, previously we spoke about pressing pause and the benefits of extensions for IP and for patents. Do you still feel that clients are still having to make difficult decisions when it comes to pressing pause or with the work that they need to do for IP? Or do you feel that maybe it's settled into a bit of a pattern? I'm a bit indecisive as a person, so I'm going to say both. I I think that um, the ability to press pause... um, for those months, most of those months in, in, in many countries was clearly very helpful. As I said, I think, and Adam said, at some point that pause would have to be depressed or unpressed, whatever the word is, and people had to make decisions. And in, and that often impacts on the actual life of the IP, of, of the patent application or whatever, or an, an associated spend. And some clients let things go. I think I'm right in saying that although there are still some helpful extensions and fee reductions floating around the US Patent Office, the EPO and different things, generally speaking, I I think we're not far off a normal situation now where if a deadline is due in a few days, there's a deadline due in a few days. And um, in in that sense, I think that the legalities are not far off where they were but again, you know, if if your industry, if your income stream has been affected by this virus, you've still got difficult decisions to make. So I think we're now more at the harsh reality stage of the process where the calls which were being postulated and thought about for the last six months are now coming into reality. And I'm certainly seeing some clients saying, well, we'll definitely spend more here because that's an opportunity for us. We'll certainly spend less there because the opportunity is gone. Yeah, to me, it seems very, very much not a general answer anymore. I think it was generally a a situation six, seven months ago. They were generally applicable pause provisions. And now I think it's becoming even more client and tech specific. So in the first podcast, you mentioned the possibility of tech impacts in different areas. Have you seen this in any specific way? Absolutely, yeah. There are some 
clients who basically anyone that burns oil uh, <laughs> for propulsion purposes been quite a difficult seven months for them more positively though there has been a, a rise in interest in greener technologies i think they kind of the awareness of the the kind of disaster that the pandemic has been has maybe focused people's minds on looking f- towards the future a bit more and also some really neat devices and solutions for things directly to do with dealing with the virus so or whether that's to do with help with social distancing or helping in areas of work or even just helping with sort of vaccine delivery systems or testing systems that there's seems to be quite a an upshot of smaller companies and entrepreneurs who are getting in touch to that they've had these great ideas they know that they have to have some ip in place because they want to talk to larger companies who they know are interested in talking to them and also the the, the stakes are quite high because they know that this is the this is the window of opportunity to 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 make this deal with those people who are who are keen to talk to them so uh, there's a great focus on getting everything absolutely right so it's 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 been interesting but stressful but also quite nice because people are aware that they need a quality job doing and they're and they're kind of willing to give you space to do a quality job what have you seen richard yeah i think that perhaps unsurprisingly there's been some well many tech specific impacts in amongst all of this from ip side but all the way through just i guess general societal change not to be too deep about it i think one thing i've seen in the last six or seven months is and I mean this from literally working at home and living at home to green aviation, that things that were already going to change have been changed more quickly in the last six or seven months. And and I think they're going to change in the next 10, 20 years. They're going to change in the next five, 10 years now. And I can think of lots of examples of that. And they might range from huge societal change and how we might travel in the next five, 10 years down to how do I speak to my mum and dad on video calls? The sort of innovation that I'm seeing, and I guess in some ways, being totally honest, hoping for is the innovation for allowing me to efficiently and effectively work from home and in an office environment in the coming years. We have so many video calls and, and a lot of them are really positive. And I see a lot of Wow, I'm not even sure what the phrase is. Like psychological input in that, in terms of improving that environment for users, because they are draining in a different way to a physical meeting, and yet there are so many of them, and they're still very important. And I see a lot of innovation in that space in terms of how would you make that a more engaging and relaxing environment so you might have seen for example teams i think they've got this gallery view where you can see a three by three and large gallery view where it's seven by seven again that's largely pointless but they've got this quirky thing where it's sort of is it open view or something like that where you can see everyone as if they're in an auditorium i don't really like that but again you can see people are trying different things to sort of stimulate interest in the conversation I've seen some very naughty ones where they are you, you can kind of scan yourself and to, to so it will create an avatar of you so to, it gets the so it will center you properly and so you don't even have to be you know if you're slightly off camera or even if you've left the room and you're talking as far as the person on the other end is concerned you're still there I think that's a it's a very interesting way to to maintain the engagement uh, you know with the to, to to improve the experience like you say and then you can do cleverer things with the pictures can't you to uh, you know, to bring it all together. Some of the solutions now are just mind-bogglingly creative. So a colleague of ours, Adam, I heard that he went to a conference the other day and it was almost like a gaming platform where rather than just being on a Zoom call, you, you were effectively a character in a game walking around this 3D environment. 
and much like in, I don't know, Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto, that the character interactions weren't just black and white or binary. It was, well, if they were further away, you, you can't, can't hear them as well. If they're closer, they're far easier to hear, which is a game. That's a gaming environment, isn't it? I think it's a great way to get people to go along to the event, isn't it? So it's got great commercial advantage yeah, I'm slightly worried that the future of networking might depend on my gaming ability, <laughs> which is is notoriously awful. But maybe I can get my my sons to uh, to help me out with that. It does feel a bit like there aren't kind of standards which people stick to anymore. They just keep changing and innovating and making it better, but really quickly. You know, whereas whereas before it was well, you've got Skype and that'll do you. You know, you you don't deserve any better. And now it's this this arms race. So previously, you questioned whether Crown Use provisions would be enforced. Have you found that this has been true? Yeah, I mean, just to jump in here, Adam, I honestly thought that, at least from my exam days and day one of like pattern school, I suppose, this seemed and still seems like very much to me sort of the very textbook emerging and emergency where technology will play a huge part in providing solutions to problems that are popping out. And where you'd have thought, I would have thought crown use and compulsory licensing would likely play a part. But as far as I'm aware, and I'm, I'm treading carefully here, I'm sure Adam can jump in or anyone else, I didn't see that being raised, at least in the UK, um, in, in the last six or seven months. I mean, did you, Adam? From what I've heard in the UK and from talking to other professionals around the world, it, it doesn't seem to be. It seems that... Drug companies are selling, are saying that they will sell vaccines for at cost or even slightly below cost. Now, whether that's because they're they know that otherwise there are crown use provisions and such like, which will stop them from making profit and make them lose their rights altogether. Maybe they're in it for the the long game because that this will be around for a while. They know that there'll be vaccination programs for years to come or whether it, uh, you know, the, what, what the motivation for doing it is, I don't know. But who knows what deals are being done in secret, but it does seem that there's been no compulsory purchase or enforcement of crown use and type provisions it was which is like you say it was it seemed like it's exactly the situation that this kind of thing would happen in well exactly that i mean I, I think that when we when we spoke last time i think at least from my physics stroke engineering background that it was that ventilators was the thing wasn't it at that time i get everyone was being asked to sort of provide solutions or even crudely implemented ventilators as long as they did the job that was needed they were welcome to sort of apply for funding or, or to supply the government and i think my understanding is again at least that that demand was not quite as high as expected i think even dyson were going to step up and then in the end didn't help him i think i'm right in saying um and so i suppose at least for the demand side that maybe sorted itself out to some extent and i think that we're probably coming to a situation where Again, at least from my simple physics engineering mind, I could see another example arising now, as you've touched on there, Adam, about about the vaccines. I mean, again, we're very much the same textbook scenario of emergency situation, and now with enormous potential demand for the solutions. I mean, we're talking sort of seven billion territory, fourteen billion, you know, for two doses of a vaccine twice a year. I mean. How do you fulfil that demand? Uh, obviously, the population of Britain's not seven billion, but, but the principle still holds. You know, c- can you supply that demand? I don't know, but but I very much get the impression that reading around in the last six seven months that you probably won't see crown use or compulsory licensing come into play. I, th- I think the commercial entities will will make the deals that make this happen for whatever reason, whether it's the PR side of things. Um, publicity, just just simple commercial arrangements. It, it, it seems to me that 
you won't see those things arise. And it seems to me that if you're not going to do it now, um, not that there necessarily should be a need to do it, will it ever be used? I mean, that's, that's something for outside this podcast and outside, so there may be this time. But yeah, I wonder where you'd ever get those used, if not now. Uh, last time we spoke of uncertainty in almost everything. So have things settled down in certain areas or are there still levels of uncertainty that you've encountered? Well, I'm not sure about you, Adam, but certainly for me, I mean, I'm uh, sometimes a very anxious person and I don't deal well with uncertainty. I'm really structured in work, less so at home. And so the first few months of this for me were really hard to deal with. For me, at least, I think there's more certainty across the board, which doesn't always mean positivity, but I think that there is a lot more certainty in terms of in the pattern system, in terms of deadlines and what's happening in the next few months and years. Clients, I think they largely know now how hard they've been hit and what the next few months are going to look like. I think technologically, I think people now know a little bit more about the way the world's going to look in the next few months and years. And I don't mean in terms of a vaccine or as short term as that. I mean, in terms of working from home, as we touched on earlier, green technologies. So yeah, I think that for me, and trying to be positive about things, I, I think that there is a lot more certainty around now. And I think with certainty, people people know how to handle things a bit better, I think. Yeah, I think it was a period of three or four months where people were expecting everything to be back to normal and now we've got used to the idea that things aren't going to be back to normal so now it's about defining what the future is and companies really do seem to have found their way and have a plan the last time we spoke about this we it was sort of with reference to government funding for innovation and i i made the comment about although the rules at the minute companies can get tax credits and there's patent box can be taken advantage of as well but things are pretty tough in the uk at the minute there's been an awful lot of public spending i mean there certainly is a possibility i think that that kind of funding isn't going to be around forever and it's although it is an uncertain time i think people have got used to dealing with the reality of today or the next month rather than thinking well these are the rules now this is how it will be for uh, for the next 10 years so maybe that's made people more conservative or maybe has made people take chances and not worry too much about the peripheral i think that's true if it's kind of like what i was getting at about i don't deal well with uncertainty and certainty isn't always positive certainty but for me i mean i think that without getting too political because i'm not sure if i can i'm allowed to on a podcast but it seems to me that the noise is coming out of most governments is that technology and innovation will get us out of this mess and technology and innovation is the way forward people see a future in technology and innovation. And that might sound obvious, but I'm not entirely sure that was always the case. And certainly in the last 5, 10, 15 years of my life, I wasn't really getting that impression. I think um, it was sometimes viewed as too geeky, or uh, maybe not by governments, but by certain people. But I, I don't think that's the case anymore. I think people are more engaged with technology now than probably ever before, certainly the last six months. And they're, they're seeing some of the some of the drawbacks, sure, but certain, lots of the benefits as well. But I'm seeing them now. I think that the technology and the innovation that's in play is allowing people to spend more time with their kids, more time with their families, for better or for worse. And I I think that the the, the positives there uh, are are immeasurable. And and technology allows that to happen. Someone said to me, can you imagine this situation happening in 1970? How would people have worked? And and admittedly, if if you're in a front-facing or a front-line job, that you can't change that. But if you're in an office-based environment or a virtual environment, um, you could simply couldn't have done this job in a pandemic so 20, 30, 40 years ago. Technology's made that happen. And I think it's positives like that, which I think can be not only sort of taken from this, but really amplified and exaggerated and pushed forward. As many people are saying, nearly everyone I speak to does not see themselves working in an office five days a week from now on. 
And nearly everyone I speak to sees positives in that. And that's amazing, isn't it? You know, and again, that's technology is allowing that to happen. Yes, I agree largely with what you're saying. I'm just thinking more about, you know, is it, will there be enough money around for people to pay for everything? And uh, what, what worries me is that there'll be a, a, a economic reality check and you know, maybe the, the support for innovation just won't be there. So maybe IP firms will have to react to that and start doing things in more creative or more efficient ways to, to help clients to give them extra benefits or to, I don't know, work that a bit harder for them or, or something. I don't know. I think I think we're still in a period of evolution and, and change and the past is behind us. We're not quite you know, we can't quite see what's over the uh, horizon yet in terms of how things are going to be. I agree with that. And maybe, maybe I was being too, too positive in my comments, but I, I think it's true. There's a difference between sentiment and, and practical reality. And I, I think I really hope the technology can help with lots of things and like leveling up the economy and things like that. You now can work for many different companies from wherever you live in, in a much more acceptable and flexible way. And you simply couldn't, well, that wasn't really an option at the beginning of this year. And now it's not only an option, it's probably going to be encouraged. And I think that, again, you know, that is technological innovation. It's allowed that to happen. I think that from uncertainty, I think you get opportunity. It's a bit cheesy and a bit deep. But I think that I really sense that um, not, not just the, this government or this country, I, I sense that there's a lot of opportunity to come from this in the coming years. And um, let's see what happens. Previously, you sounded quite excited about the change and the possibilities it could bring. Would you say that you still are excited? I sort of say it's with caution because I know people are losing their jobs and it's not the most positive time to be around at the moment. But honestly, yeah, I think that there are loads of positives that can be taken from this and maybe not immediately apparent right now. But I think long term, certainly, yeah, I'm still really upbeat. I think it's really made people see what they value most in life. And that's maybe quite separate to patterns and innovation, but it definitely links back to it. For me, it's been a very strange seven months insofar as it's been quite social and it's been very social with a group of people that I wasn't social with before because I'll be talking to people from all around the country and all around the world that previously I, I wouldn't have spoken to unless I'd been I'd met them at a conference somewhere or and I've met new clients and I've met new people within the companies that I worked with before so it, it's been been very busy and it's been very interesting so 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 I guess I am I'm sort of optimistic that that's going to carry on it would seem a lot more alive to the the idea of of is this the right way of doing things well shall we change it as opposed to well we've done it this way for a long time so that's the way we'll do it I think there's not just us but other firms and, and clients as well are, are open to innovation and change at short notice just to do things better for, for me I, I think this is a, it's a hor- horribly negative experience but there are positives to be taken from it Adam and Richard thank you very much for joining us again on the podcast thanks Charlie speak to you soon yeah thanks Charlie that was good Thanks for listening to the Green Shoots podcast by Appleyard Lees. If you have a question or issue you'd like our IP specialists to discuss on the podcast, then tweet us at Appleyard Lees or email us at ip at appleyardlees.com.